Welcome to the Squadcast. Hope you're having a great day today. Uh, today we have myself, Michael, and Sarah. And it's uh, great to have you joining us as we unpack some uh, more thoughts today to help you in your in your squads, in your small groups, or, or maybe just uh, yourself. Maybe you're listening to this on the train, or in the car, or going for a walk. Whatever, wherever it is, our prayer is that the scriptures would come more alive for you. Uh, that that Jesus would uh, just be more central uh, in all of our lives, and following His wills and ways would uh, be our desire. Today we are going to be looking at uh, another passage in James. Uh, if you were here on Sunday, you would realize that we didn't uh, preach on James 4 because we have baptisms. So we're going to be picking up on James 4 next week. So I encourage you to have a read of that. In fact, I encourage you to read all five chapters. Um, but in particular, James 3 and James 4 are one continuous thought. Uh, you, you'll notice that um, James is really just carrying on the, the, his same thought from chapter 3, and so we'll tie those together um, this coming Sunday. But today we're going to pick up on a just one or two verses at the end of James 1 that I mentioned really quickly when I preached on James 1, but I want to revisit that, and especially in the context of some exciting initiatives that we've got coming up, which we'll be starting next year, in particular Tihahi, uh, that uh, sort of the key verse that they have in, with Tihahi is that uh, that very verse from James. So I think it's really relevant that we, we talk about uh, that verse. We're going to talk a little bit about Tihahi as well, um, just so we can get a, maybe a better picture of what is involved with that and, and some other things that we've got coming up, like Serve Day, uh, and we're doing our Christmas hampers again this year for, for families in need. And so um, it's going to be good. It's definitely going to be challenging as well. So, Sarah, do you want to read that verse for us? Sure can. So it's James 1, verse 27. It says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Awesome. Right, so James is really, um, I think if we think about the flow of thought around faith and works that James is emphasizing, um, and, and I think it would be helpful also to consider that um, James 1 is a bit of an overview of all of the thoughts that are coming in the next four chapters. Uh, we can see there that James is really starting to emphasize this idea that um, we we can't just have a confession without a conviction, that uh, our lives should look like our confession. And, and in particular, James is picking up on some thoughts from Jesus, uh, from the Sermon on the Mount, also uh, in Matthew 15, uh, where Jesus is talking about similar ideas of caring for the poor as evidence of our, our, of our faith, of, of following him. Uh, and Jesus is 
particularly quoting um, some passages from Isaiah as well, and so we'll, we'll look at them. So last year I was uh, away on sabbatical and one of the things that was I felt God really speaking to me was actually this passage. A- at the time I uh, wasn't reading James, but uh, this idea of caring for the orphans and widows was really challenging me. And I started to think about that a lot and thinking about, well, what is what is that today? I mean, back then when Jesus and James wrote this, um, orphans and widows were uh, something particularly evident in society. Uh, the, uh, a widowed uh, woman was someone who, who was particularly um, disenfranchised. You know, unless they were that the husband's brother was able to take them in. Like, there's all sorts of things that would need to sort of line up for a widow to be cared for properly once her husband had passed. Um, and so, in their society, widows were particularly disenfranchised and um, and needed to be cared for. And same with with orphans. So I was starting to think, well, what is a modern-day orphan and widow? And I really felt strongly that um, you know solo mothers uh, were were the, the modern-day widow and orphan. You know, the children that are raised in in homes without fathers and and all of that sort of thing. Uh, and then the question that I had with God was, well, how do I even know where these people are that need? caring for that need help and and to be fair I haven't I hadn't really progressed any further on that on that journey it was more just an unanswered question sitting there Uh, so when I discovered Tihahi for me it's where all the connections were made in my heart where actually this this is the answer to those questions Uh, because the reality is unfortunately um, you know the widows and orphans aren't coming to us. Uh, we need to go to them. And Tihahi provides us with a great uh, way to actually see the reality of how uh, how some people um, are, are feeling the effects of society leaving them behind, um, feeling hopeless and no way out. And we actually get to go into their homes and sit with them and care for them, and I think this is just a great opportunity. So, uh, Sarah, do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, well, I was just thinking actually about Acts 6 as well, you know, the early church, you know, how they responded. There was actually yes. organization that happened That's right. um, in Acts 6 for them to feed the widows. Um, it was a bit messy, and, and people were getting disgruntled, so they actually they had a system, and they had people who were full of God to, to feed the, the widows and the orphans and look after them. That's right, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's cool because you see, in particular, the early church taking these words of Jesus yes. uh, very strongly. I mean, you know, they weren't overlooking them; uh, they were taking it seriously, and uh, and James is echoing 
that same message, uh, you know, and, and James is right in the midst of the early church. He was one of the leaders in, in the early church. And so, uh, you know, they are taking this seriously. And Absolutely. I think that should give us pause to actually say we, we need to take this seriously as well. Absolutely. And Paul was the same. He, you know, when it came to communion, there were people that were, were eating up large and having a merry old time and the poor were going without. Yeah. And he was really hard on them as well. That's right. Just don't. Fill yourself up, yeah. It's yeah. community. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so we have this passage um, in James 1, and what what passage is James reflecting on from Jesus? Uh, so in Matthew 25, Jesus says, For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When ever did ever we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did this for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. Mm. Yeah. And so Jesus is really reinforcing uh, the law of love. Love God, love others. And when when the Pharisees tried to, you know, they tried to obviously pigeonhole Jesus around what is the greatest commandment, and he, he gives them two, but he actually ties them together where he says, you know, the greatest of these is, is love God. And the next one is like this. You mm. said, love others, love your neighbor as yourself. And they, um, Jesus is really emphasizing that, that these two go hand in hand. And the way that you love, or the way that we show love for God is in how we love others. Yeah. And, and then he's reinforcing this again here in Matthew 25 by literally saying, what you do to your neighbor, yeah. you are doing to me. Absolutely. And um, I think it's very easy for us to take a passive sort of view on that where we intentionally don't do bad to others, which is good. But actually Jesus is actually asking us to take an active look at this, to be intentionally doing good for others. Um, And not define our lives by what we don't do, but define our lives by what we do do. Yes. And... I think that's the important thing that, again, I think James is emphasizing here as well, that, um, you know, pure religion is is what we do do. That's, that's right. not what we abstain from. That's right. Those things are important, but actually it's what we do do that is the important yeah. evidence of our faith. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the passage that um, Jesus would be echoing from Isaiah? I know in, uh, while you look for that, in Matthew 15, he calls out the Pharisees, and in Matthew 15, verse 7, he calls them hypocrites. He says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, and their teachings are merely human rules. All right, so while Jesus was, uh, Isaiah 58 was where Jesus was echoing in Matthew 25. Right. Um, so I think that's probably echoed a lot 
through Jesus's teaching. So um, in Isaiah 58, 6, I tell you what it really means to worship the Lord. Remove the chains of prisoners who are bound unjustly. Free those who are abused. Share your food with everyone who is hungry. Share your home with the poor and the homeless. Give your clothes to those in need. Don't turn away your relatives. Your light will shine like the dawning sun and you'll quickly be healed. Your honesty will protect you as you advance and the glory of God will defend you from behind. Um, You'll beg the Lord for help and he will answer, here I am. Don't mistreat others or falsely accuse them or say something cruel. Give your food to the hungry and care for the homeless. Then your light will shine in the dark. Your darkest hour will be like the noonday sun. Mm. The whole chapter is actually really good. Yeah, and and challenging. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. In Isaiah 1, verse 17, it says, Learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. That's right. My translation says, fight for the rights of widows. Yeah, well. I love that. I don't think we, we don't fight. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm so challenged by that. Mm. Yeah. So Tihahi is a great uh, opportunity to... It's, it's, right. it's, it's really a gift in the sense that um, it's an opportunity for us to go and serve these that are disenfranchised, these that are facing struggles. Um, and it might be as simple as a food parcel. It might be as simple as us fixing a door that's been kicked in. Um, it might be as simple as mowing a lawn, bringing yeah. some baking, some prayer, yeah. a cup of tea yeah. with someone in, in a karakia. Yeah, yeah, Just really simple ways that we can let people know that they're they are loved and that they do have a, a purpose and a plan. And yeah. A, yeah. There's totally. hope. There's hope, yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think the, the beauty of it is partnering with the police. Um, and, you know, for, for those of, of you that maybe that are still trying to get your head around how Tihahi works, where um, we have an info night coming up on the 26th of November where uh, the national team from Tihahi will be there, the local police will be there. Uh, so that'll be a great way just to get your head around um, what, what this actually looks like. But uh, in short, basically, it is a partnership with police. Uh, where uh, Often they will go into a family harm event, a domestic violence uh, event, and uh, whilst they, they have the ability to deal with maybe a perpetrator in that case, uh, often they, they leave thinking, actually, this family needs some food or... You know, those kids had no shoes, or uh, you know that this house is it could actually do with you know just to be cleaned cleaned up or or whatever. Um, but that's outside of of their role. Um, and so what happens there is that those sorts of low risk cases will be referred to uh, the church that's on. Each church takes a, a week on. Uh, Roster. So, if there's six churches, a church would be on for uh, one out of six weeks, and uh, we get called in to go into these uh, homes and to care for them, to love on them, to provide food uh, or whatever is needed. Uh, sometimes there are there are doors that need to be fixed, and so there's lots of different ways that you could be involved. Uh, maybe you you're a builder or someone who's handy with tools, and you you could be on a, a team that actually uh, just go in to fix things that that might need fixing up. Um, sometimes it's just to make the home safe overnight, you know, put a board up over a broken window or whatever. 
Uh, there's also um, baking. We, we provide baking for the police when we're on that week and just reminding them that, hey, there's people that care about you as well. You know, they're on the front lines of this uh, day in, day out. And um, unfortunately, in the Hutt Valley, 43% of all uh, all of the police work is uh, based around domestic violence. And so that's a huge amount of their day mm-hmm. is um, is dealing with domestic violence. And, um, you know, often uh, they're finding it is the solo mum who is uh, a victim. Um, and, and so, you know, there's children involved, you know, going into a home and, and finding children hiding under a table. Um, scared and frightened, uh, we get to come in and, and bring hope, show them that there is someone who cares, and I think this is just a great opportunity. Yeah, it's bringing the church into the frame of crisis for families. It's a, um, yeah. I heard Annie Cameron preach on it once, and that, yeah, it's actually really important that when we can come and we can provide hospitality in that frame of the crisis, uh, that will be remembered yeah. later on. Yeah. Um, maybe for those children there is that hope that, Hey, there were some grown-ups that came in when we were in trouble yeah. and helped. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, a lot of um, these children are brought up to have a very negative view of police as well. There's often the, uh, the police are seen as disrupting their yeah. home life or, or whatever. Um, but what Tehahi are finding is, is that when they come in and often the the family or the victims will ask, well, who sent you? And when they say the police sent us, mm. it reframes their view of the police actually to say, oh, they actually care about us as well. Yeah. So it helps reframe some of that thinking for the children as well, which I think is just another added benefit um, that actually they can see that the police do care. Yeah. They are trying to help. And um, we, we get to be a part of that as yeah. well. Yeah. So for me, the um, the challenge really is, you know, these passages that are very easy for us to just sort of put aside. Um, very easy for us to just get caught up in our own worlds, our own own lives. You know, we come together on a Sunday and we and we worship and we praise and, and all of that is great and beautiful. I love it. I really do. I, I do feel like when we get our heads and hearts around some of these important aspects of what it means to follow Jesus, that that will actually change how we worship yeah. with our lips as well. And, you know, I, I don't know the verse passage right now but there's another time where Jesus is challenging rebuking the Pharisees and he, he basically says you've upheld um, certain aspects of the law but you've ignored the most important ones yeah. and he talks about mercy and justice and um, you know uh, freeing the oppressed and and so you know Jesus is really he's continually challenging these ideas yeah. that, um, you know, don't just pick up on certain parts of what it means to follow Jesus and yeah. put your emphasis on that. Actually, this is 
um, all of these things. And in fact, he's saying these are the most important parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah quite cherry picking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how easy is that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And because you know, it benefits us if we don't have to look after the orphans and the widows and. That's right. Yeah, and even thinking with Christmas hampers, there's a, there's a sacrifice most families will make in that there might be a few less presents for your kids. Yeah. Um, but right. actually what better lesson are you instilling when your family get to give as a unit that's right. to families who are without Christmas? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, you know, we encourage you, uh, if you're listening, uh, there's lots of ways that you can be involved. Um, you know, you might not be able to be on the front line, uh, but we will have prayer teams, we will have uh, baking teams, we'll have people that are helping with food and those sorts of things. There's lots of ways uh, to be involved and so we really encourage you with that. Um, Serve Day as well is just another great opportunity uh, just to to serve our local community yeah. um, at Māori Bank School, uh, helping them get their, their school uh, uh, nice and tidy and, and uh, also do some some projects for them this year we're going to be building them a sandpit um which is which is going to be really cool uh, but they're they're a local school that aren't able to afford a caretaker someone to look after the ground so we're able to come in each year and just uh give a whole day just to get in a whole lot of things sorted for them and, and they so appreciate that and uh, you know they're a school that we have a have a great um relationship with and during covid we were able to um supply food parcels we just dropped a whole lot at, uh, down to the offices there and the teachers were able to distribute them to families in need and I, I think that's for us that's um that's really cool they they we didn't need to deliver them and, and say hey we're awakened look at us it was just about actually there's a need yeah. and they can distribute them as needed and that's the other thing I love about Tihaki is there is no church names used yeah um, each, you know, when you're, when it's the week that our church is on, it's not awakens term. It's just church A, church B, church C. The people yeah. that we are going to care for have no idea what church we're from. Yeah. We are just that church. Which is great. Yeah. That's what it should be, eh? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think that's really exciting. Yeah. yeah. Great. Any final thoughts, Sarah? Um, oh, I think it just is great. It ties in with our vision, you know, to right. see the Hutt Valley saturated in the hope and love of Jesus, one transformed life at a time. And right. this is exactly what it is when we go in and we, you know, kids at a school will now have a sandpit. They don't know who necessarily put it there. Right. Um, families, when we're bringing them food, hampers arriving at Christmas, we're saturating the valley That's in right. his love. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and I love the idea, you know, saturating it. You know, we sometimes maybe underestimate what our little mm. drop of water, you know, so to speak, you know, the, the river of life that we carry, but it might be a, a drop here and a drop there yeah. that we uh, um, that we do, but it all adds to yes. the total picture of saturation. And, yeah. you know, I just, yeah, encourage all of us not to underestimate uh, the power and you know what we have that's what right. god's given us his life in us that we can that we can give away and let's not underestimate the significance of that for one person yeah and yeah let's continue to look for opportunities to love to care and yeah, yeah to saturate our belly in the love and hope of jesus well i hope that uh this has given you uh some thoughts to discuss in your 
uh, squads and in your small groups and hopefully even just on your own. And um, I know that uh, this is something that I feel like we need to be continually challenged on and just wrestle with. So let me pray. Father, we just, uh, yeah, we just pray for your heart. Uh, I, I know that for, for many of us, we are often so busy that we can miss your heart. Um, we can miss the things that you are seeing around us and we want to disrupt that busyness so that we can see with your eyes, we can feel your heart and that we can be your hands and feet. So I just pray for, for every person listening. We just yeah pray for your presence to be upon us just in this moment, that we would take a pause and just give all of the busyness to you, give all the stress and the worry that's distracting, that's disorientating us, so that we can just fix our attention and our affection on you, Jesus. And I know that as we do that, we capture your heart, we feel your heartbeat, we hear your concern for those around us, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here to empower us for the mission. We thank you that you are here to uh, give us strength, to give us wisdom, to give us insight, and we thank you that when we go into situations where it's seemingly dark. We thank you that uh, you empower us to be the light in those dark places. And so we just ask, Holy Spirit, would you empower us more? We just ask for more of your presence, more of your infilling each day. We just pray a blessing on, on every person listening to this podcast right now. We pray for... Yeah, your empowering presence in us, on us, and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the Squadcast. Hope you're having a great day so far. You have no. Let me start again. Welcome to the Squadcast. I hope you're having a great day today. Uh, today you are joined by myself, Michael, and Sarah. Hey. It's really great to be chatting today. We're we're um, having an awful time at articulating ourselves today. Let me start again. 